Welcome to the MFA Made for Agriculture podcast. Here are your hosts, Adam Jones and Cameron Horine. Hey folks, welcome to another episode of the Made for Agriculture podcast. My name is Adam Jones. Today we've got a little bit of a non-traditional episode for you. A couple of weeks ago, I had the opportunity to, to get out in the field and, and do a presentation uh, on soil form and function uh, to a group of growers in, in our trade territory out, outside of Centralia, Missouri. So we're talking kind of central Missouri here. Um, had some really nice back and forth, but before we just kind of drop the video or drop the audio, uh, I wanted to, to kind of preface it a little bit with this video, just saying that you know, this is a live event. Uh, so I, I certainly have some back and forth, some conversation with some uh, folks that are in the crowd uh, around uh, kind of where we're talking about uh, soil management uh, practices. So uh, if, if the audio is at all messed up or if you if you lose me for a second or whatever, I'm probably listening to somebody in the field. Uh, but I think the overall it turned out great. And we've had some uh, some feedback, some folks kind of requested for us to put it out there. So just wanted to preface it by that. Uh, also, I'm certainly no soil scientist, so I don't go that in-depth uh, into some of those things, but I definitely am a student of soil function and, and how to make the system work better to grow a better crop. And so that's mainly what we're going to cover in this video. So anyway, many thanks to Marty Bound for hosting us out there that evening, and um, many thanks to Logan Locke for getting such a good video uh, of the event. So I hope you guys enjoy this, and we'll talk to you next episode. Thanks. Um, my name is Adam Jones. I'm district sales manager in uh, Northeast Missouri. Um, prior to that, um, I was conservation specialist for MFA or conservation agronomist for MFA for about four years um, out of Columbia. I farm about 400 acres um, in southeastern Lewis County, so north of Palmyra, 10 miles or so, um, somewhere in there. I always say in my lack of spare time, that's what I do. Um, so anyway, I play around with stuff um, all the time and uh, really kind of geek out on some soil management stuff. Um, personally, I'm uh, to this point have been pretty much all no-till, um, do some cover crops and stuff like that. Um, so got quite a bit of experience in, in messing around with, with all aspects of that in different parts of a, a corn soybean rotation. So anyway, um, that's not necessarily what I want to talk about here, <laughs> uh, unless that's what you guys want to talk about. But I do want to uh, go over some stuff, just kind of, um, we've had a fairly challenging year and I feel like it's a really good chance for us to, to get in here and kind of poke around and look at look and think about some things that we could do differently or manage differently uh, going forward. So um, pretty cool. I assume all you guys are fairly local here and are farming on a clay pan, okay? So if, you know, I'm sure you've heard that a thousand times and maybe you've dug giant holes in your field and you know exactly what we're talking about and maybe you haven't. Um, but it's pretty evident here, right? So most of central Missouri, and as you get into kind of northeast, north central Missouri, um, are, is going to have a clay pan, basically a restrictive layer at depth. So you can see it right here where Logan's at. Um, so, but pretty much, uh, this guy right here is what keeps us from being Iowa. Okay. So, uh, when you look at, uh, the difference between some of the most highly productive ground in Iowa, Illinois, some of those, the I states, and Missouri, um, really the difference is not necessarily, I mean, it is the soil type, but it's, it's more, uh, total rooting depth and total moisture holding capacity, right? Their yields are extremely predictable because their corn roots can explore the top 36 inches for moisture, nutrients, whatever they may need, right? Whereas your corn roots can fully explore the top 10 and a half inches. Okay. <laughs> 
So it's a big difference when we think about nutrient availability, when we think about water availability and, and all that kind of stuff to that plant. So um, I'm sure you guys have seen some washouts and some stuff like this. If we get less than this, you're gonna see those areas in the field. I bet we could drive around uh, Boone County, Aldrain County and, and pick them out right now, right? Because if you get down to where you've only got a couple inches of, of this over top of your clay pan, then uh, you're you're very moisture starved. Okay, so that's called Randolph County. Rand, there you go. <laughs> Excellent, Randolph County. No, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. So that's that's the issue. So we're actually on an Adco uh, silt loam here. Um, Mexico is probably your most um, your most common soil type. Um, it's also one of the most erosive soils in the state of Missouri. A Mexico silt loam. Um, so. Uh, yeah, <laughs> lucky you guys. Um, <laughs> but uh, but anyway, so it, it's definitely something to think about, and you know, there's there's old wounds that you can certainly see out there. Um, so really, really, what I kind of want to talk about and cover is is how do we manage nutrients and moisture content in that much as best you know the the best we possibly can. So I mean, I'll I'll show you kind of what I'm talking about here. You can go below that, and I'm not saying that you won't find any roots. Um, you will find some really fine little hair root type stuff um, in that below, uh, kind of below the clay pan. And this one came from over there below the clay, the clay pan. But it's not, that plant's not going to be able to really penetrate that with any sort of main root system. So, V-Ripper, V-Ripper. V-Ripper. So, you can, you can temporarily chunk that clay pan up, but that restrictive layer is going to fall right back down there oh, yeah. and, be, and be there. Yeah. Um, so, when you see these roots hanging over here, this is like when he took the shovel and, and went through here to dig this dirt out. These guys were, were laying horizontally horizontally on top of that clay pan. So these, these guys weren't hanging down through there. I mean, I wish we could penetrate the clay pan with a root like that, but you're just not going to. <laughs> so, um, and actually, again, when, when you look at, at some of the I-states and when you think about uh, some of the ways that they figure nitrogen recommendations and all those kind of things, and why those nitrogen recommendations don't necessarily work in Missouri, that's a main reason, right? Um, because it, that plant's only gonna uptake nitrogen where it has uh, the bulk of its root system. And so again, for us, we've got 15 inches of soil for it to explore to try to pull its full nitrogen uh, needs. Whereas in Iowa, they've got 36 inches of soil to explore. So that's that's one thing that's, that makes nitrogen wrecks so hard to hit 100%. <coughs> is because that depth of root exploration is, is something that is very hard to predict with compaction layers, soil type differences, soil type changes across the field. So that's something I wanted to cover real quick. Um, this looks actually really good. So what I'm looking for here, a lot of times is, is compaction layers, right? So when they say dry years kind of accentuate any issues and things like that, a lot of times what we're talking about is compaction, right? Anybody got compaction problems? I do. So yeah, absolutely. So what causes compaction? What do you feel like is the most, the greatest contributor of compaction on your place? Turn row. Turn row, wheel traffic? Grain carts. Grain carts, mm -hmm. damn grain carts. That's right. Yep. What else? Tillage, yes. Tillage can cause compaction, absolutely. One more thing I'm looking for. Last group couldn't come up with it. So if you guys are better. 
Excessive moisture. Excessive moisture. That is extremely close to what I'm thinking. Uh, rainfall, right? Rainfall on bare soil mm -hmm. that causes compaction. Okay. So let's think about if it rained an inch and a half right now, how many of those raindrops are going to have direct contact with the ground? Not very many, right? But let's think about that. How many months of the year are we at full canopy? <laughs> What do you think? Two, two, two and a half, three, I would say. Yep. So in a two-year corn soybean cycle, we're fully covering the soil with leaf matter for about, let's give it three, say six months, six months out of 24. Okay. So all that other precipitation that falls outside that window, um, you've got a lot of rain compaction on the top there. Um, and so that's where when we talk about covering the soil, putting residue, leaving residue out there, any of that kind of stuff. That's where we, we can have an impact on some of that uh, compaction reduction. Um, I know there's there's all kinds of other issues, other management implications. We were talking about residue for the rest of you guys walk down here. So there's other there's other management implications that come with residue and residue buildup. But the good part of it is it does relieve surface compaction. Okay. So Marty, you're staying right there this time, so I won't tell them what you're doing. You tell them what you're doing from a management standpoint over two years. Well, on the corn side of it, we, uh, you know, the previous year beans, uh, you know, get anhydrous, put on typically in the fall, mm -hmm. and then come back in with field cultivator right ahead of the planter. So it's what I would consider to be minimum tillage. Yep, I agree. On the, the bean acres, uh, the, the corn acres last year, uh, get, gets vertical tillage in the fall, plant right into it the following summer. Yep. So did you guys hear any compaction events over what he just said there? I didn't really. So it doesn't really, I mean, depend, as long as they're done under proper soil conditions, right? Um, so it doesn't shock me at all that I don't really feel anything there, okay? Because if he's running a true vertical till, which means we can't turn those disc gangs and make a disc out of a vertical till machine, because um, <laughs> we will scrape and create a tillage floor there. Uh, but if we're running a true vertical till, that's not necessarily a compaction causing pass. The rest of that is shank tillage, which a lot of times, unless it's extremely too wet, you're not going to cause compaction in that way either. So how do we relieve compaction? So we're going to say cover crops. That's not what I was going to say. Okay. <laughs> no till. Mm, so, uh, a lack of tillage is actually not going to relieve compaction. Time. Time. Yep. Freeze thaw, right? Uh, dry cracks in the ground. Those relieve compaction. Deep tillage. Deep tillage. Yep. Can temporarily relieve stuff. It's just a matter of, uh, do we have enough structure to build upon that after that deep tillage happens? Or does it all kind of just fall back in on itself? and create more compaction. So there's basically three things. So you got tillage is good, time, that's good. And the last one I'm gonna mention is roots. And I brought this, I brought these guys just cause I think they're so darn interesting. What is this? Brad, what is that? <laughs> no. What is Weed. it? Weed. No? Well, I mean, it depends. <laughs> Everything can be a weed. <laughs> it's out of place. Anything can be a weed if it's out of place. What is that? I like to shoot doves. 
This is a sunflower. Okay. Okay. Um, pretty cool darn root system. If you don't believe roots can relieve compaction, pass that sucker around. Um, because that thing will. Okay. So absolutely. So rooting, rooting channels, uh, those kind of things can, can relieve compaction as well. So I would say absolutely tillage, rooting, and kind of time or freezing and thawing, um, can really relieve compaction. So again, I'm going to compliment Marty and the fact that I don't really feel anything in there, but I am going to pick on him just a little bit. I need partial credit. Come on. Man. No, you've got great partial credit because I feel like what we're dealing with here is pretty good. Okay. I'm going to pick on you since it's your field. You hold that one in that hand. Don't crush up my soil chunks this time because I don't have too terribly many of those. What do you see? Is it What do you think is the difference, Marty? This here has more tilt to it than what this one Yes. Okay. So what do you mean by tilt? Uh, the soil particles are not bound so close together on this one as they are this one. Correct. So soil should be 50% soil and 50% what? <laughs> exactly. Yes. Pore space, right? Yep. Filled with water, filled with air, all those kind of good things. Yep. So as we talk about the things that relieve compaction, those are also the things that can build pore space into our soil profile. Yeah. So, uh, there should be one of those that's got a bunch of holes in it. Okay. Um, so those are, those are channels from biology, right? Something bored through there. A beetle, a worm, something like that. You got a worm working right now. Got a worm working it right now. That's perfect. Um, so, and the, and the other one, we don't see a whole lot. There are some worms out here. I did find some. So there is some active biology going on, but. What I want you to look at is for, for you to have active biology, we really need something in there for them to eat. And other than some soybean roots, which is good to see, I don't see a lot in there for them to chow down on. So we've already decomposed most of our residue from last year and there's not much left. No nematodes. Yeah, not that I can see right over here. So anyway. I just wanted to point that out. Like I said, when you look at, um, again, we're trying to manage mo moisture in that top 12 to maybe 15 inches of soil, right? So when it rains, we, we've got to get water from the sky into that top 15 inches of soil as, as quick as possible. So when we look at all those channels that some of that biology can put in there, I think that's fairly important to getting that rain from the top of the ground into the ground, okay? So when we look at, at infiltration, I think that's that's pretty cool and, and can be fairly evident. So, okay. Other questions on that? Comments on that? Agree? <laughs> Agree? Disagree? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So again, it's all, it's all a, a giant management sequence, but again, from a compaction standpoint, I don't see anything here that concerns me, which, which is very good. Other than we're probably getting some surface compaction and some surface sealing because we've got bare soil exposed to the rain a lot. I mean, with it being a test plot for multiple years, we've had more traffic pattern. And, sure. You know, than, Absolutely. And, and <laughs> yep. 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 The thing I got from your talk so far today was you're about promoting sunflowers for a cover crop. 
Not necessarily. I just, I just think it's interesting. So when you want to look at, so every, are these all sunflowers? Yeah, those are all sunflowers. So when you say, uh, when you hear folks say that that roots will break compaction, that's true and not true. <laughs> so it, it's uh, like from a from a cereal rye standpoint. I mean, or a wheat standpoint. That's a cereal grain with a fibrous root system. Are you going to create root channels? Mm, yeah, small ones. Are you going to you're going to follow a lot of biological you know pores through the soil system? Are you really going to break compaction with that? No, probably not. And so the reality is, can roots break compaction? Yes, but do you have to do something fairly severe to create that? Yeah, and you're probably not going to do it with uh, a, a real small or kind of a uh, the wrong species composition on a cover crop scenario. So people talk about tillage radishes and th that stuff. That stuff can. Uh, that's more of a tap rooted system, but you really need tap rooted plants to break compaction. I guess corn is probably the one reasonable exception to that just because it has such mass in its total root system but yeah so there's a little fallacy to that to some of that cover crops can break compaction thing they're more preventing compaction by breaking up rainfall that's that's falling honestly so yeah i live in the real world which is not typically at one end or the other it's you know <laughs> so okay All right, so I brought a corn stalk there, and Logan checked me. I did not bring you guys tar spot, so you're welcome. <laughs> uh, I dug, so I dug this one that's leaning over here um, out of this plot right here. So hopefully I didn't mess up your all's results there. Uh, and then I brought the other one from home. So here's um, there's two with soil still on them. Okay, here's here's two that that uh that i dug up and and kind of smacked most of the most of the soil off the roots anything jump out at you one's more horizontal than the other okay okay maybe i'll buy that one seems more nested close more compact okay the other. one's got more fibrous small roots yeah. Yep. This one probably has a little more, more of a fibrous root system. I don't know why some of that is. It, it may be hitting something there, but yeah, I'm not sure. So, um, I asked Marty how deep he planted his corn. One thing I will say is this guy concerns me a little bit. It's got an extra set of these nodal roots out of the ground. Um, I don't really want to see two sets above the ground, um, because in a year like this, so on the second set down here, I've got actual roots. And here, I don't. So maybe this guy got in deep enough, maybe maybe we hit something and it bounced up a little bit and I just randomly picked the one that, that, that was, I think, a little shallower. Um, but from a plant stability and a plant health scenario, I'd really like for that second set down at least that second set down to have actual roots on them. When we're planting the plot, there's usually about four different opinions on how deep I plant. So. <laughs> how deep should you plant? Two this, inches. Two inches. That's where he was planting it. Two inches. How deep no should? Was on his side. <laughs> how deep should he plant? 
as Dave is a planner of whole. Okay. <laughs> Depends on the planner. Possibly. I might agree with you. How deep should you plant? Does everybody agree with two inches? A lot of debate out there. So <laughs> well, I'm not hearing any. <laughs> I got a boy tells me three all the time. Okay. Where I, where I grew up east of here, we had a little bit different prairie soil. Uh -huh. We would plant two and a half, three inches deep. Yep. But in my experience and with working with growers here, we can't, we don't have as much success at that depth. Yep. Now this year, as dry as it got, you'd have been fine. We'd have been, we'd have been better off if we'd have been a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. But you just don't know. Once in a ten year time. You don't know where that situation yep. is going to fall. Yep. It's hard to know. So I hear people say that you should. Yeah, I've heard the three inch plus thing. I'm not, I'm not on that bandwagon, um, necessarily, but I do, I am on the north side of two inches, I guess. Um, this was two and three quarters. Again, this year being, it was already dry when we were planting corn. Um, but, uh, but I had zero emergence issues from that depth and it was, this was no till corn. Um, a little different soil type, obviously, but, um, anything between two and three doesn't really make me nervous, but, uh, but I would say if you can do two and a half over two, I would, I like that in a lot of situations, just depends. But, um, but anyway, so again, that, that can just kind of show some of these things because, um, the biggest thing is just the dryness in your root zone, right? So we put our seed down here. And it depends on this, the formation of these roots is going to depend a lot on how much moisture we've got in this part of the profile. So if we've completely dried this part of the profile out, um, we're going to have, we're going to struggle with, with root development up here, right? So, or some of these guys, they go way out there. So, and that could have been, you know, you mentioned a more fibrous root system. That could have been why some of these kind of stopped and kind of branched off into a more fibrous root system too. They may have hit dry soil so just something to think about okay am i way over on time brad or you got here late too i, I know you get yeah, he's staring I, at there me. was another group that, that they stayed up there instead of coming back so. oh okay okay we're coming so do i need to quit or are you good well they were the girls were flying and once they got done then we'd be done so i don't know how long you've been into this year okay I'll quit. I'll quit in just a couple minutes. <laughs> well, I mean, I told my wife we'd be up there by seven thirty. So. Okay. Okay. We'll definitely be. That's the boss. What time is it? Yeah, it is seven eleven. So we're oh, way good. You already caught flack because she said I was behind. Seven <laughs> eleven. So we're way good on that. Um, what about nitrogen management this year, guys? Um, again, I'm not talking necessarily no-till or cover crops. If you got questions down that road, that's fine. Uh, what do we feel like worked and didn't work this year? I saw some nitrogen deficiency on some fields that had lots of nitrogen applied. Why was that? Didn't have no moisture to take it up. Correct. Correct. That's not necessarily activation. I like where your head's at, but it's more it's more take up, right? So nitrogen is a is a mass flow uh, taken up nutrient by the plant. So it goes from high concentration to low concentration. It rides on water. So if there's no water there. It doesn't matter how much nitrogen you have in your profile, you're not going to take it up. So, so we threw our money away by uh, flying top dress on this year. Not necessarily. If uh, you've had some rain, and so I mean that's that that was in there at some point, but 
Um, but yes, so we talked about that kind of with the last group. Um, when we talk about a liquid application on top of the ground or a dry application on top of the ground, yeah, you need water, which is typically not an issue for us, right? We get 40 inches of rain a year, not a problem. This year, yeah, it was, okay? So <clears throat> when we look at where does our nitrogen need to be, right? So if our soil surface is here, let's look at kind of how those roots are going and what's going on there. So yeah, you're going to need some water to get get it down there. And it goes exactly back to what we were talking about before is how do we set up our soil system to maximize infiltration? Because how does it get from here to there? Water, right? If water runs off, it ain't getting there. So just not, I mean, as a general rule, just something to think about. So what's the magical depth to uh, apply in habits of here? Typically six to eight inches. It's kind of what we want, where we want to be. Um, but, uh, and so, and so that applied in the fall, I mean, you're in good shape here. Okay. Um, but again, you can, you can run dry. It's just a matter of, uh, getting enough rain to get it into the soil profile. So this had two applications of super U is all it had. No anhydrous. Probably the most challenging year for that nitrogen program I could have picked, but it worked. So. It worked better later in the year. Yeah. Put on. Correct. Correct. We put on airplane. Yep. 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 Absolutely. I, I am not a big, uh, side dress anhydrous guy mm -hmm. just cause I feel like a lot of times, unless you're doing it at like V2 or V3, not that that many people do that anymore, but I did see some of it done this year. I just don't like shanking off a bunch of roots and shooting a bunch of gas in there right next to roots at that growth stage. That's just a me personally thing. I'm, o I'm okay with liquid if you want to handle it, but obviously the easy button is flying it on, putting it on with a top dress machine, something like that. Um, works really good. Obviously you gotta have rain. Before we got hurt, the worst was putting wheat fertilizer on. Yep. This spring. Put it on pretty early, but we never took it out. Yeah. Until pretty late. Yep. Yep. And again, yeah, you've gotta have, I mean, you've gotta get that stuff from the surface into that main root zone, right? Yep. Um, typically nitrogen's plenty leachable. We get 40 inches of rain a year, no big deal. But we saw it this year, right? We definitely saw it. Um, I even had some sulfur deficiency from places that I uh, didn't put AMS on early enough, but just things that you learn from <laughs> from year to year. Um, ran ran a, a complex phosphate that had sulfur in it, um, but in the high testing areas where that rate was really low, I had sulfur deficiency before we top dressed with AMS. So that's something that I will change for next year for sure. That has never shown up before, but probably because it's always rained before <laughs> so um but it, it's something that like i said dry years kind of magnify issues like that and that was that was one that i certainly picked out that it magnified for me but absolutely well i won't keep you away from the ice cream forever because those those guys are probably eating it all without us no. so now the scooper's right there. Oh, okay, good. Let's eat ice cream first. <laughs> we should, we just send somebody to go get it and bring it out here. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Made for Agriculture. Email comments and questions to podcast at mfa-inc.com.